Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Tavern Hunter podcast. Joining us today is musician Nick Stuvis. Nick is a guitarist, producer, composer, session player, author, and educator who you may know from his solo work, his work in film and television, and of course, his work as guitarist on the Dragon Age soundtrack. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. How's everything there in beautiful, sunny California? It's uh, sunny, nice day, the sun is out, everything's good. All right. Uh, before we start talking about your work on the Bard songs, please tell us a little bit about your background as a musician and especially as a guitarist. Well, uh, it seems that I've been playing guitar probably for almost 40 years. So I've been at it for a while. Um, uh, I engage in music uh, professionally in a lot of different ways. I, I love recording and writing and producing and, and education is very dear to my heart. And uh, I chair the guitar program at USC in Los Angeles. Um, so that's a big part of my life. And I try to just make it all work together. That's very interesting. Um, as someone who is, you know, like you said, you, you've got a lot of varied interests and you're, you're plugged into music in a lot of different ways. Uh, how did you get connected with Dragon Age? Uh, there's an individual by the name of Rainy Shockney that, uh, that I've worked with for many years in a, a variety of different ways. And uh, he brought me on as a, as a guitarist on this project. So, okay, so you, had, you, had a, you already had a previous connection with him. Right. We had worked together before and uh, since as well. Okay. And uh, tell us about the, the process of recording the Bard songs. Like we, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording and, you know, these songs have really connected with a lot of people. Um, so what was it like recording that? What was the, the, the writing process, working with Rainey, um, working with uh, Eliza Veda, if I'm saying that right? Um, just tell us all about that, please. Well, um, Rainey will usually reach out to me and um, provide me some information, some general information about, about what the project is, and then maybe provide some reference tracks, some ideas, some sketches, and you, know, you go back and forth. We work remotely a lot of the time, uh, so you know it might be send, send a demo of something like this, a minute or two of, of, of an example, and if it's feeling right, it's like run with that or let's let's uh, try this instead of that and just to get the uh, framework right and once we start getting that together then information starts coming like uh, we need this song it needs to be this long and here's here's a sketch here's the feel here's a, a rough mock of it here's a specific part here's a loose part and um, you start to kind of insert your ideas of what you think that looks like in this uh, in this format, which is unique because it is in a tavern. Uh, it is folk music played somewhat like it's being played live uh, by musicians in 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 the room. Uh, so it, it shouldn't be too precise. Um, it should have some kind of interactive feeling uh so so we start to work out those details and um you know present a few uh thoughts or musical ideas to start with and you seem to you know you talked about how you know he, he would present an idea and you kind of go with that you'd have this this kind of back and forth um did you seem to incorporate a few different styles on your your playing on the album like 
this, this struck me, I was listening to it again today and it kind of struck me where there's a lot of beautiful classical playing. There's some kind of uh, strumming as well. And you guys almost created a record of like medieval, pseudo medieval fantasy tavern music that still sounds very contemporary. Um, so was your decision to incorporate the different styles kind of a part of that back and forth process? A lot of that, those decisions are made uh, and you try something out and if it's received well, you continue with it. But uh, for example, you said it's, it sounds somewhat contemporary. I, I didn't try to sound medieval or pseudo uh, whatever time period that is in some because it's a fantasy period, I, I guess. Right. So what, what's the instrumentation of that era? And am I even close? And the answer is no. Uh, I chose a nylon string acoustic guitar for all of it. So that is not an instrument that you would hear uh, in that period. So I've, I'm already taking a liberty there. So now stylistically, if I am staying loyal to certain notions of what music would sound like then, I'm already breaking so many of them that I, I feel like I should just capture the basic essence of the time period and then try to make it connect with a modern ear and uh, make sure that it doesn't take them out of the moment of what they're trying to experience and it, it enhances it and it maybe creates a, a new period uh, a, a kind of a parallel universe of of music and thought and activity rather than this is the 1300s or this right. is you know 500 BC or whatever period it is. And quite frankly, I don't know what period uh, Dragon Age is. So um, so that's why stylistically, uh, it's not too loyal to classical music or folk music or, or strumming kind of stuff. It, it kind of incorporates all of it. And all of it is there to serve the melodic information and the mood that it that the music is evoking so it needs to be emotional on some level yeah that makes sense and i, I wonder how many people have um who've worked in these kind of projects either in film or video games or whatever have maybe felt a little bit of a connection to like a historical period whereas you know it sounds like you were are more interested in creating like it, it's a fantasy world you can kind of make it whatever you want it um and it sounds like you you did that a little bit and it, it turned out great um and, you know, you talked about mood. All of these songs are extremely evocative of uh, that, that fan fantasy tavern vibe or atmosphere. Um, even when you're not in the game, like I'm, I'm driving down the road and I'm imagining myself in some tavern far away uh, listening to these songs. So was there anything in particular you or anyone else who worked on the album maybe did or, or referenced to help capture that, that particular mood? Well, we, um, we picked... Um... A format that we liked the way it sounded and Elisaveta her voice seemed to work well with this instrumentation of some kind of accompaniment um, that could be a solo instrument a solo guitar uh, if it could be played on one guitar fine if it required two or three or more that's fine as well but generally I believe most of those are one guitar providing some kind of accompaniment with the occasional additional guitar to fill in uh, parts. And then uh, additionally, there would be one guitar that just plays the melody. And sometimes that melody is doubled by another guitar playing at an octave higher. 
um, or lower, depending on the range. And um, that melody is now underneath the melody of the, the, the vocal line. So those uh, songs can stand on their own without the vocal or the vocal can be there. So the melodies are quite important uh, in how they weave through the songs. And um, the lyrical content obviously relates to the subject matter and uh, helps support that narrative. Uh, and um, But the music can stand alone without the vocals on top of it as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you... Um... It seems like she her melodies kind of follow yours on the guitar. Was that kind of part of the process too? Were you were you crafting more of the melodies and she was following you, or or was it more of a combination of input? Well, the phrasing of the melodies would happen prior to her vocal. We didn't okay. track those at the same time, so uh, occasionally she has freedom and room to move around what is there. Uh, although I try to play the melodies in ways that weren't too ornate. Mm -hmm. uh, to, that would allow her freedom to sit uh, nicely on top of it and have it support her rather than uh, fight against what she would do. Uh, and also because sometimes when you play melodies on, a, on an instrument, uh, you might not choose to uh, articulate each syllable that the vocalist is using for words. So it can, so it's a more stripped down version but sometimes if you have there's no um there won't be anyone on top of it you might choose to articulate it differently so it was it was played in a way that would allow for her to move around on top of it uh is there any particular fantasy inn or tavern you might like to visit uh, given the opportunity I'd like to visit some of these on Dragon Age uh, and visit and see them for myself because I, I haven't really spent uh, much time in them other than seeing some of the video footage. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I've never played the game itself. So right. I visit these taverns, I think. They go and experience the world firsthand. Yeah. With uh, th That sparks another question. You mentioned the lyrical content. Was that... Um... I'm assuming that was all written by Rainy Shockney kind of in conjunction with the Dragon Age writing team. Like, did you, um, did that serve a purpose for you in terms of like setting the mood and trying to get the right emotional tone or because you're not as familiar with the role, was it kind of maybe secondary? Actually, no, because I wasn't involved in that process. So mm -hmm. what I would do is look for the emotional value in the music mm -hmm. itself, whatever that may be. Because as human beings, we're pretty simple. We're happy, we're sad, we're angry, we're scared, we're, there's suspense. And whatever those things are, you, you can kind of pull those elements out of, out of the music. Um, and the lyrical content hopefully supports whatever the, the mood is. So the yeah, music, yeah. Um, and the music was written to, uh, to portray some kind of mood, and then the lyrics were uh, added on top of that. So... That, so it's independent of my involvement in the project. Mm -hmm. So I just use the music as a source. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially if, you know, you're, you're thinking about a particular emotion, you're thinking about, you know, this folk singer in some kind of tavern somewhere. Um, going with, on that basis seems to, seems to really work. Um, was there anything else you wanted to, any projects you got going on or anything you would like to uh, plug before I let you go? I'm working on a lot of different projects. Uh, so 
best way to stay connected with those is through my Instagram. Uh, maybe you'll be able to post that and uh, and keep uh, current with what's going on in, in my world. And that would be a great way to do it. All right. So all of Nick's work is linked in the notes, his homepage, as well as his Instagram. Uh, so make sure you check them out and follow all the wonderful things he is doing. Nick Stubis, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Fellow travelers, this has been the Tavern Hunter podcast. For more on the hunt for great fantasy inns and taverns, including game reviews, books, music, and more, please visit our website at tavernhunter.com. Our music is Traveler's Respite, composed by Michael Elliott. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the show.